0: The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuff America. I'm your host, Andrew Mellon, and I'm here with my co-host, Debbie Black. Excited to be here with Andrew, the most organized man in America. Excellent. Thank you. And our very special guest today, Michelle Batista. So, Michelle, um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. You're very welcome. Tell us just a little bit, tell the listeners a little bit about you and what a, your journey to, um, to where you are today and what a typical day is like for you. Just so we get a little bit of background. I mean, the, give us the cliff notes.
0: Okay. Um, I'm a designer by trade. I grew up in the South, moved to New York, went to design school. Um, that brought me out to Portland, Oregon to work for Adidas in product design. Spent about eight years with Adidas and then decided that I wanted more freedom in my life. I love design. Um, so I left the corporate world on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, I was also, what, what, there's, there was a catalyst to me leaving, but um, side note to that. Um, so I left the corporate world on a Tuesday and I started consulting little bits here and there. um, And I just realized pretty quickly that the niche that I was in was, there was no one there. um, And no one could do it the way that I was doing um, what I was doing with products. So I started getting work and that led to, I think this is my 17th year Uh um, running Stockpot, which is the collective. um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I segued into food about seven years ago, which is how Andrew and I met. Um, food was the thread. Uh, I had fallen in love with a man that was a chef and a restaurateur, and um, I started working, helping him run the restaurant business. Then we opened a private event space and Commissary Kitchen, where I conceptualized bringing together my two lives of design and food into one place. Um that and I met Andrew in Mexico, and then we brought him here to do workshops with us, which was great. And that was what the space was for. Uh, about a year ago, the relationship ended, um, but I wanted to continue the work. Mm. So I decided to do it again, um, but I wanted to do it with all women. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been great. <laughs> um, so that's how the Nightwood came to be. We started uh we were operational last October. Awesome. So we're about six months in.
1: Where can we find you online?
0: Yes, so it's the com is the website. You can see all the ladies, read our stories. It's a pretty unique concept. Um let's uh-huh. It's been really interesting to watch people engage it because it's, um, people are very intrigued and very interested and we actually have gained a rather large following nationally um, through some different work that we do uh, with Women's Center for Leadership, Women Chefs and Restauranteurs, Girls Inc. Um, but people don't know, like everybody's like, The thing I hear, you know, I go to Chicago and I'm like, oh my God, you're part of the Nightwood. I'm following you guys. Everything looks so incredible. What is it again? (laughs) 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 That's like the common question. Um... So because we're, I always say, we're a new vehicle for food, like, and design. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a kitchen. That kitchen acts as a commissary kitchen. It acts sometimes like a restaurant. It's a private event space. So we curate one-of-a-kind events for people. No two events are the same. Um, And then we bring design into the space. So we shoot podcasts in the space. We do music in the space. We do art in the space. so that's always that thread between food and design has been the the link
1: cool yeah and um so on a scale from one to ten, one being the least and ten being the the most organized, where would you put yourself on that scale?
0: oh man <laughs> i would I'm not the most organized person, and I think you already know that um, I would say maybe i'm a Maybe I'm like a six, but I really want to be like nine. <laughs> I aspire to be nine, but I'm maybe a six, seven. Awesome. Well, that's good. I mean, that, I think that, that that's
1: inspiring for the listening audience to know that, you know, that you can be successful in business and be a six, seven, aspiring to a nine, right? I mean, because yes. when you think about it um, in, at work or at home, knowing where your keys are, knowing where your wallet is, knowing where your tools are, knowing where your supplies are. All of those things are the things that impact us on the micro level, right? So that we can then do the macro application, the big visioning stuff. I mean, there's that statistic that says we waste a year of our life looking for lost and misplaced things. And it's never going to be one thing a year in your life. It's going to be this thing five minutes, that thing ten right. minutes, this thing fifteen minutes, and one of the big lies that we're going to tell ourselves is, oh, well, I'm going to make up that lost time, but right. you can't.
0: You can't. <laughs> okay. Right, right.
1: Yeah. So, uh, as far as the collective goes, and as far as the the space goes, where do you, how do you see how do you see organization and the time management piece, the simplicity, you know, I mean. I, I know I know you. I mean, because yeah. we're friends, right? But I mean, share with the listeners about um, the ideas of of simplicity, authenticity, values, and how that plays itself out in the space, in the work of the collective. Yeah. Because I think again, it's a it's a metaphor for the listener to see how, on the macro level, this is it, but on the micro level, it's you know, it's shopping at a at a, a green market instead of going to the grocery store and buying a clamshell of lettuce. Right.
0: Yeah. I. It's interesting because I am values first and because I have a strong, um, I have a strong compass for myself. Um, so as far as, so as far as being organized spiritually and emotionally and um in the core, like I, I actually believe I'm very organized. I, I am not organized in some of the minutiae, right? Like I do lose my keys often. Um, But I think that because I have a very strong sense of self and I know what my compass is that allows the business and the space and the people that work within the collective, like that is, it's pretty linear. Like, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is what we're not going to do. This isn't who we are. And so I think because our values and our ethos are so concrete, um, it just makes business so much simpler and it makes our communication easier and it makes our efficiency better and everybody works better together Um, because there's no, um, there's no question like for the big questions, right? Like, no, we're not going to buy clamshell lettuce. Absolutely not. That's not part of the vision. That's not our mission. Right. Um, we will always take um, a teaching opportunity or a skill sharing opportunity. So yes, like we will absolutely do butchery classes in the space with clean meat providers to teach people how to buy better, to bake, make better meat choices, those sorts of things. So as far as that part of the organization of the business, I would say it's actually really, it's really good. And that's probably one of the reasons um, that this is all going so well for us internally. Awesome. Yeah. And um,
1: did, was that a skill that you learned? I mean, like when, you, as you were growing up, right? Yeah. Was it, did you know who you were? Did you, I mean, do you feel like you were always grounded in your values? I mean, I know for myself, it took me a long time to learn myself. I think I spent a lot of time trying to make other people happy. Yeah. And I don't, you know, like I not, I don't want to necessarily say at my, at my expense, cause I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it cost me, but it felt like it was more important for there to be stability around me, for me to be less focused on myself or what mattered to me and more, externally focused I mean I don't know for you Debbie what was your experience like growing up I mean did you know yourself as a child or did it take a while to like well what does Debbie like and what doesn't Debbie like and what's important to Debbie oh of course of course growing up I mean you know first you first you're who people tell you you are right and then you start feeling yourself a little bit and and you know trial and error and each experience helps you be helps you understand who you are right yeah, completely.
0: It's For such you. an interesting journey. Yeah, I I grew up in the South in like a very tiny town in a very tiny neighborhood <laughs> with not the nicest, not surrounded by the nicest kids or the nicest people. <laughs> um, pretty small-minded. Um, a lot of racism. Hmm. Um, and so I think from a very early age I never fit my environment so I would say I am I've always been on a journey of self and I'm, well, I'm will continue to be on a journey of self but I would say that I had pretty strong convictions early in my life it doesn't mean the path was straight or that it was clear mm-hmm. um, but I think even as a child I I was pretty unapologetically who I was mm. Um, my mom would tell you, like, I came out with an opinion about things. <laughs> like, I'm going to go. I'm gonna do these things. Um, I'm not a product of my environment and that always is a little bit fascinating to people, like, especially therapists or people, um, in psychology. Like if you learned about my life and then you looked at who I am or what I turned into, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of connect the dots there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably my my inherent sense of self that allowed me to become who I am.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, I think I just think that um, I'm, I'm thinking for the listener, right? And and that uh, that sense of of actualization, right? Again, on the micro or the macro, whether it's just caring about yourself or the quality of your life or the quality of your environment enough to pick up your coat and hang it up in the closet instead of dropping it on the sofa or the kitchen counter, right? Or to the degree of building something, there's something about about deferral and um, delay uh, that is... I just see it in a lot of the work that I do with folks, right? Where people are waiting for permission or they're waiting and, and often it's, it's choosing themselves. It's not, nobody's going to say love yourself enough to put your keys in a dish by the front door so you can find
0: everything. I I just feel like I'm 45 now. I feel like at at this age right now, I finally Mm -hmm. understand like you it's, always focusing on yourself. Like it's always focusing on yourself first. So you can do and be all of these things to, to the people that you need to be and do all of the things for. And, and I'm sure Andrew, you hear it, you know, you and I've talked about it, you hear it every day, like, oh, I can't do that because of this, or I couldn't do that because of that. or And then because I'm now a sounding board for an entire team, um, of people uh, and I serve as a mentor in a couple of organizations. So then I have all of these peripheral women that um, are mentees and I constantly am hearing the same thing, like, well, I can't do this thing because this person did this thing, thing happen. And it's like, well, okay, well let's back up. You, you're, you're focusing on someone else. You're focusing on something else. And all you have to do is focus on yourself. And that I think, especially for women who have children, that's a really hard thing to get to.
1: Talk a little bit more about
0: that. Um, I think as a mom, and I talk to mom friends about this all the time. um, And I watch... I'm a watcher, you know that. I'm a a seer. I I see people all the time. I I take in what's happening with them, and so um, my girls go to a school here, so I'm friends with a lot of the moms, and I talk to them about, um, you know, what's going on. You know, how my life is very full and very busy, and I talk to these other moms. I'm like, oh, I just can't get. Oh, I have to take the cat to the vet, and then this other thing. Okay. And they they seem buried in the minutia of life. Like, yep, you got to take the cat to the vet. Check. That's an hour. Um, What about the other seven? What are you doing? You know, what are you doing for yourself? Not, not even what are you doing? Like what are you not performance wise, but what are you doing for yourself? Like I can't work out. I can't, I have to go get groceries. I, I don't have time to do this. And I'm like, it, it's amazing to me how much more time we have for others and how much more effective we are for others if we put ourselves first <laughs> right. including ahead of the children not not that that they're not the number one important thing in your life but that you have to fill your own cup before you can help fill your kids cups up yeah um, and I just think that people they're missing it like this idea of mindfulness and being present for yourself first so you can help others um, it's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I, on board with that. I mean, I think that if you're not, if, you, if you're exhausted, then you're, you're underperforming whatever it is that you want to be doing, right? And you're likely to be forgetful. I mean, that's also when you're not present, for whatever reason, yes. it, that's when you're going to not know where your keys are. That's where you're going to not remember what you did with this thing. That's, you're not going to print up the permission slip before you walk out the door. It's all of those things. And then you have to backtrack. You're going to leave the house without the umbrella. Whatever it is, right?
0: right? Kids' lunches. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you know, I was, uh, when I um, when I was in Portland doing that uh, event with you, right? And remember the mom who was there, who her daughter lives in Amsterdam, and she's been keeping I that. I
0: think about house this all the time.
1: Indiana for ten years, and
0: we're a unit.
1: And then the the week after the event, she's posting on Facebook, my daughter's coming over from Europe, we're going through the space. And in eight hours, I mean, she had spent, no lie, easily twenty five or $30,000 on that storage space over these years. I mean, just with crap that her daughter didn't want. I mean, she'd left the country without it. And yet the mom had this story about the guilt and, you know, like, I have to keep my daughter's stuff. It's like, your daughter's a grown woman, you do not need to, It's not. you know, whether it's her stuffed animal, her yearbook, or her pottery barn sofa, you do not need to be paying for it, <laughs> right. it's her stuff.
0: Right, you know? And do you remember how many times she debated it with you?
1: Yes, I do. That
0: was the best part. Yes. I was just waiting for it to end, and then she'd be like, but da 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 da, I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, but eventually, I mean, you know, I, I guess it's a testament to my stamina and my tenacity. that eventually oh, yeah. We, you it's know, really we ran out of butts. it was like, okay, fine, I will do it. And there was that sense of begrudgingness to her of like, fine, I'll, you know, I'll tell my daughter she has to come over here. And then the turnaround, literally, I mean, she sent me these Facebook posts. She was, she was so overjoyed and so liberated that she yeah, had finally sure. just held her daughter accountable like if you want the stuff come get it I'm not going to pay for it any longer and the daughter came right I mean to the daughter's to the daughter's credit yeah. she didn't procrastinate she came they went through all that stuff and in a weekend it was all gone yes so all of that compression that uh, you know 10 years worth of dragging that crap around behind her metaphorically because it was parked in a uh, U-Haul you know like a, a a uh, used storeum spot, someplace in Louisiana. Nobody lives in Louisiana. The daughter's in Europe, and she's in Portland. Why, why is it there? It just no. <laughs> everything about it was. They both
0: wrong. had to fly there. Right. Oh, but that's. I mean, that impact, though, right? Like, I think back to that workshop, and that that that's that's worth it. Like that impact for a single human in exactly. the whatever it was was
1: huge. Right. And by her it, by her unlocking that thing in herself. Yes. We have no idea of how that is going to impact every person she encounters. Because exactly. that's a huge win that she will share. It, you know, it has nothing to do with me or you. I mean, it's great no. that we had the space. It's great we that unlocked. we unlocked. But she it was the it yeah. was the personal transformation that allowed her to be on fire yes. and and become activated and now now you can't stop her right i mean now she'll keep doing this over and over again
0: yeah it's i love that nothing makes me happier than seeing that those unlocks happen in people because then they're going to pass it on to 10 more people 20 more people 50 more people 100 more people right that's where the movement happens
1: exactly well and that's the whole idea behind Unstuff America right is that you know we we have the, we have these communities we have this narrative about um not yet. Not now. It, you know, we're we're just somehow stuck in these shitty circumstances, and we have to limp along until when? Like, when when do we get to 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 choose ourselves, to choose our community, to choose each other, and make different choices?
0: Yeah. So, I am a hundred percent aligned. You know.
1: Excellent. So, um, when you think about Unstuff America and the work that you're doing. Um, what what comes up for you around that?
0: Um, I think it's funny. So I've been thinking a lot about that this week about this, and um, I actually called. I called someone to come help me do some things today, Andrew. Awesome. Um, I, I, that. <laughs> I can't get the all the things. I just can't um and so i there's a thing here called task rabbit
1: of course there's task rabbits here too yep.
0: yep and um i have a friend that does task rabbit so anyway um i just called and i was like i need a new stopper put on the toilet i need these light bulbs um changed I need, like, <laughs> the fireplace pilot light is out like so uh, he came for four hours and did all of the things, and I was like, okay, this this idea of asking for help is for me a big catalyst. So when I've been thinking a lot about unstuff America or how I organize my life, um, a lot of it for me is, you know, to your point too about like you're hiring a different a staff now. Like setting yourself up for success means owning that you aren't the best at every single thing owning that you're maybe not an accountant right or a bookkeeper or you know one of a million things owning that you would rather take your kids to gymnastics than change the light bulbs and asking for help and organizing your life with a group of people that are there to support you and with nightwood that's The first time I really surrounded myself with a team of people that I could lead, mentor, guide, but trust Mm -hmm. and empower um, and then teach them the things that I know, but then learn from the things that they know. It's it's been pretty cool. And I think that we're just at the beginning of that, but it's been pretty profound in terms of organizing my own life around a group, uh, around a community community. of women has been so wonderful.
1: That's great. Well, I mean, even you know, bring for this new season of on South America, bringing Debbie on board and yeah. and uh, augmenting you know even the podcast so that we've got right. more not only more diversity in the sense of points of view and yeah. but it, I I don't need to do all of it by myself, right? I mean, we, none of us need to be by ourselves,
0: right? Well, it becomes this sort of martyr complex. Like, well, it could. I mean, yeah. Go, go, going, you know, going on. The,
1: yeah, right. Like, I am only. that's one of those that's one of those lies. Right. Is like right. nobody can do it like I can. I'm the only person who can do it. Even if I suck at it, I'm still probably better at it than you are. Like, no, there's right. me- not my unique brilliance. I don't need to be the boss of this. So,
0: so- Michelle,
1: in what ways have you learned to rely on the group? to help the group become more organized and to help you become more organized.
0: Yeah. I think a a huge catalyst for me, I had been flying solo for a long time or sort of had some people working with me, but not investing in them and them me in the ways that, that I do now. And um, it really took my life falling apart last year to, which Andrew was um, on the other receiving end of um, for me to sort of say, you know, I, I physically, emotionally, spiritually, can't go this alone anymore. And if I can't go it alone anymore, who do I want to spend my days with? Um, And then really getting succinct about who shares my values, who are the right people, and then starting down that journey of like, and I've collected a really wonderful group of people in my lifetime. And so I started, I reached out to them first Like, oh, I want to do this thing. Do you want to do it with me? And they all said yes, which was incredible. Um, You know, and how is that scalable? I mean, once we really start to scale, uh, and we're working with an HR consultant now and bringing in, you know, all of the accounting functions and putting the lawyer on retainer and all of the big boy pants stuff. Because for me and my business partner Katie, we want to build the culture. We're co- we're focused on the culture, so that we can scale, um, and that's where we are right now, which is super fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So you yeah. didn't start out doing everything
0: all at once, did you? Uh, no. I tend to jump in feet, body, head first. But <laughs> <laughs> sure, I can figure. My I mean, everybody that knows me knows that my moniker is like. Sure, we'll figure it out. That sounds fun. How did you get things done? Yeah, somehow it all works out. I have a lot of faith, so that helps.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think faith is an important element in this, right? I mean, it, it, whatever you believe in, right? Whether you believe in yourself, you believe in a higher power, you believe in the community. You yes. Believe in whatever, it, it doesn't matter what the belief is, but The ability to act and move into action based on faith, rather than again living in that not yet place of somehow somehow there's a missing piece that's going to make it better. And again, it's for for the listeners who you know whether it's about becoming an entrepreneur and leaving a, a corporate job or it's about simplifying your life and putting your laundry away when it's out of the dryer instead of leaving it in the basket on your bedroom floor it's each of those is today's the day to make the choice there's no there is no time other than this time this moment right now so right. you know god forbid you go to sleep and you die in the middle of sleep your laundry didn't get put away now you can say well it doesn't really matter they'll put it away for me tomorrow right i mean but right. but who wants to end this experience with the regret of not yet? Right. And whether it's your laundry, because, wh- you know, I mean, if you love the people who live with you, you don't want them to have to clean up after you.
0: Yeah, for sure. So
1: it's, it doesn't matter whether it's building a business or putting the dishes away, right? I mean, the yeah. next right thing to do is the next right thing to do. And instead of deferring that decision and waiting for later, or waiting for permission, you can give yourself permission right now, right? I mean, so a, a mentor of mine said, I mean, he, he shared a story about um, walking that, uh, the Camino de Santiago or that yep. thing in Spain, right? The 250 mile thing, right? And I mean, he was all gung ho. He had planned six months to do this. And uh, and he got there and I think he was like in the first five miles and he said, this is freaking idiots. This is the <laughs> thing I've ever done. I can't believe I have 245 miles to walk. I don't know how. Now this sucks. Whose idea was this, right? I mean, he was just like he was beside himself. And while he was standing on the side of this on this path, complaining to himself, right. This 80-year-old woman with two walking sticks comes walking. No, not even, not even charging, like, you know, trudging her 80-year-old body past him in that pace of an 80-year-old woman. And he's like, What is going on? You know, like right. money's up and he turns to her and he said, you know, he starts to like, like, I it's all alive. Stupid, I hate this. And she just turned to him and said, Mark, anybody can take one more step. Yep. one foot just yep. take the next step and yep. that was such an eye-opener for him you know and that's it's what I want the listeners to take away from yes. this is like whatever the story is whatever wherever you're stuck around taking the next step right I mean yes. you can put one more you, you yes. might be exhausted but you could put you can take one more step before everybody you, can take one more step. you can yes. put the keys you can put the keys on their hook and then go to bed. You can hang your coat up and then go to bed. You right. can print up that document and then go to bed. You're you're, you're not having to, de- to delay rest forever, but right. finish something that you need to finish so that you can go to sleep and get some rest.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, we say that a lot around here. One, one foot in front of the other. Just yeah. one foot in front of the other, right? I mean, that's all. Again, like this idea of mindfulness, just paying attention to every step, paying attention to when you brew the coffee, paying attention to when you take the dog on a walk and being in that moment, in that time, and not going autopilot.
1: Yeah, you don't need to be composing an email while you're walking the dog, just walk the dog.
0: Right, just walk the dog, look at the birds, right? (laughs) I mean, this is the beauty.
1: Well, so, you know, it, I love you. We could talk forever and, <laughs> and I'm mindful of the time. So just any last thoughts, anything you want to share with the, with the listening audience before we wrap up about mindfulness, uh, organization, simplicity, any, any last words about, about that that you'd like to share?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, especially around the girls, um, it's, I have a nine-year-old and 11-year-old, two daughters and um no one's teaching children mindfulness. So I, I have my own version of mindfulness and what self-care looks like. And, um, but parenting them and watching them find their way um, and realizing like, no one's teaching kids about this. It's, um, it's incredible. And so it makes me practice, practice more practice more mindfulness for them um, so they do put the keys away or the shoes away and I mean my gosh we are not perfect at uh, the house you, you don't there's at least four loads of laundry not folded on my bedroom floor right now um, <laughs> so sometimes we run out of time because we have things to do back um, Yeah yeah right uh, Can I use TaskRabbit for that? Of
1: course you can they'll do laundry.
0: Oh my gosh okay. This, is, this opens up a whole new world for me. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but for a person with a full life, I, I often get asked two things. Like one, how do you do it all? How do you do all of this? I, I don't understand. And then two, which has been a really fun question to get this year, is um, I've heard it at least 30 times since we started the business, are you scared? so like it's it's impressive to me that someone would even ask that it's always women it's never men um but it's really impressive to me that someone would even ask that because it would imply that they're scared and they are looking for affirmation for their fear um so I always answer the same way like yes I'm terrified (laughs) but um what's the alternative like for me to live this life and not to have done it Well, that's more terrifying like if i can if i can teach people to turn turn the fear and the anxiety around or turn that question around and think like yes this fire in my belly that says i need to do this is wholly terrifying but if i don't do it like what's what's worse right um and for me the not trying it the not doing it the not being on this path is more scary than signing a commercial lease and doing all of these things. And mm. because I have faith, I mean, this is a whole question. This is a whole comment. This could be a whole conversation about scarcity versus abundance, right. um, which would be a great topic um, someday soon. But I live my life in abundance, which just means that I believe that everything will work out as it will and as it should. And if, if I fail, I'll fail forward and not backwards. <laughs> so mm. learning um and that everything is a learning opportunity and so i don't look at things as i won or lost or failed or succeeded i look at every day as a success um and i just keep it's a lesson it's just the lessons
1: yeah
0: so you don't put the clothes away there's a lesson in that um and then we just keep trying to be better although i mean i do anyway every day i try to be better than i was yesterday
1: Yeah, that's great, thank you. I I think that, that, again, that sense of um, you have no control, so you can either do the thing that you wanna do or you can wait, you still have no control. So really, on some level, if you can can get that clear, you have nothing to lose by actually doing the thing because whatever's gonna happen is going to happen. It's all about how you're willing to meet it when it happens. Are you you know are you if it doesn't kill you it it might not make you stronger but it's not going to kill you right and that's all we really care about on that on some level is if it doesn't kill you you survived it so how bad could it have been yes right awesome well thank you so much for spending this time with us
0: so good to talk to you and see your face and debbie to meet you
1: very nice to meet you as well and buff (laughs) So remind us again where we can learn more about you and your work, please.
0: Um, You can learn more about the Nightwood at thenightwoodsociety.com. We're in Portland, Oregon. Um, There's a ton of information on the website. Um, Also, my consultancy is Mm -hmm. stockpotco.com.
1: Stockpotco.com. Excellent. Great. And all your social media links and things are there so they can find they can follow you in uh, Instagram and other, yeah, another at
0: the Nightwood society and at Yeah.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Michelle, for joining us. We're this has been you. a wonderful, a wonderful conversation. And I hope that the listeners uh, will take, take inspiration from you and your journey and the collective's journey and not procrastinate. Right. I mean, t- just move into action. Put one, yeah. take one more step. We'll leave yeah. it. Take one more step. All right, my friends. Thanks for we'll listening talk again to soon. Unstuff Bye-bye.
0: America. Bye-bye. If you like what you've heard, please leave us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit AndrewMellon.com, where you can get Andrew's three day quick start course. It's the quickest way to jumpstart your organizing efforts now.